Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life, right here, your your lifestyle radio show, every Saturday from 9 to 9.30, and uh, we've been at this time slot for a while now. Hope you're used to finding us here. Um, if you miss a show or perhaps like to hear another show again, uh, and I can understand why you would, because we have a lot of fun, interesting guests, you can always catch our podcast at ESPN1520.com. All of our shows are ar- archived there as soon as we're done. And uh, you can take a listen at your leisure. So welcome to this edition of Slice of Life. And I figured, you know, it's going to be a feast of all. I know I'm not mispronouncing that world. I have not developed a New Zealand accent all of a sudden. It's a feast of all because it is the uh, biannual local restaurant week. And we welcome Krista Hobart back to the airwaves. It's hard to believe we're almost here. We're on the eve of the eve of local restaurant week as it kicks off April 1st. And Krista, welcome back. Local organizer who puts in a lot of hours and time and uh, has incredible patience. Thank you for being here. I put in a lot of calories too. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) That's why it's only twice a year, right? Exactly. We can't take more than that. (laughs) Tell us about the Feastville, if you will. So this year, and like we have in most past years, we have about 200 local restaurants that are participating, and they're all over western New York. So we've got some up in Lewiston, some far down, uh, as far down as in Hamburg, and then we've got a couple brand new ones in Batavia and Attica, and then of course all the great ones that are downtown and in the surrounding Buffalo area. And a little later we'll talk to a couple of gentlemen who are with Masuda Chow, and speaking of new restaurants that are in downtown Buffalo, we'll talk with Dunbar and Jason in just a few minutes, but I want did you, if you'll pardon the pun, set the table for this, Krista, because some folks may not be familiar with the concept of local restaurant week. What is the hook or sort of the gimmick? Um, so here's what we've got. So our event started a little over 10 years ago, and it started, um, we just wanted to promote the local restaurant week scene, the local restaurant scene. And we started our kind of gimmick actually was the, was the year. So we started pricing everything at 20, I think it was $20 and nine cents. And so now we're up to 2019. So each restaurant needs to offer something that's priced at 2019, 3019 and or 4019. It just kind of depends what kind of restaurant you've got. Um, and you have to be locally owned and operated with no ties to a national chain. So we've often said break the chain. You want right. to you want to really support local independent eateries, uh, whether it's a mom and pop place, whether it's a little dive or a white linen tablecloth place. It really runs the gamut, doesn't it, Kristen? Exactly. We've got everything. Um, I know this year, we've got 10 spot coffees, which is a new kind of fun addition. Um, So we've got from casual places to sit down, like you mentioned, white tablecloth places and everything in between barbecue joints. I mean, everything. Ethnic. Yeah. You don't have to eat the same cuisine twice by any means. And sometimes you'll think it's only one week. How many can I fit in? But um, it speaks to the fact that you have every meal represented, too, because I think in the early days, there were not many breakfast spots or brunch for that matter. What do you find nowadays that you find more and more people are looking to do some of those early meals as well? Well, local restaurant week is not just for dinner anymore. So you're right. We've got breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then there's quite a few places actually that are offering brunch on the weekends. So um, we've really got you covered. You could go out to eat, you know, three times a day, seven days a week. Uh, if you'd like, I challenge you to try that. So um, I don't know. The first, the first year I was involved with local restaurant week, I think I went out nine times. Oh. And actually, that was a little aggressive. <laughs> you had those stretch pants dry cleaned ahead of time, I bet. Yeah, I wasn't feeling too well at the end yeah. because how it worked is I you know, was so excited about it that I ate my whole meal at every place. Right, and right. By the end of the week, nine really rich 
dinners of things that I didn't normally eat was a little much, but it's great. Great excuse to get out and eat. It is. And it really speaks to the variety of restaurants in a town this size. You know, we talk about the region and it's from every corner of Western New York, but we're not in a top 10 market. And we really do compete, though, on that level, right? Because we're right up there with the big boys, whether it's L.A., Chicago, New York. Where does Buffalo rank? Well, in terms of restaurant weeks, we are in the top five in the whole country, which is amazing because the only ones that are larger than ours are New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. And so we are, you know, right on up there with the playing with the big boys. And I think we're number 52 in the market. So that's, that says a lot about our local food scene. We have so many restaurants that participate in this event. What kind of feedback do you get? And again, I keep making all these food puns, but what kind of feedback do you get from the restaurant owners, especially those who are participating for maybe the first or second time? Well, restaurant owners love it. I mean, we've got, I think we've got 12 restaurants that have been in every single event since we started. So that would, this would be their 21st event. So I actually love talking to those guys because, and women, um, because they, they really love the event. Not only does it add to their bottom line, but more importantly, it really gives them a sense of community, really solidifies um, them as a local restaurant and brings all sorts of new faces in the door that normally normally wouldn't be there. You know, the other thing, too, not only are you bringing in new faces, but it's kind of a nice kiss for people who are regulars at a given establishment. Right. So if you want to go and have a meal for 2019 or some of these deals that are twofers, I know. which I think is mind-blowing, uh, why not reward those people who are very good customers, you know, whether it's uh, in the middle of March or in the middle of the summer. It's nice to be able to reward people right. who are loyal. Right, and then some owners do it for that. But most right. really do it to get new faces in the door and to have new people try their place and just to, um, you know, be reminded about their restaurant. We're talking with Krista Hobart, who is the local organizer. The guru herself is in the house mm-hmm. for local restaurant week. I know it's an incre- incredibly busy time for you, Krista. This actually kicks off Monday morning, right? right. This Monday morning. Right, right. And it so goes you can, through, what, Sunday evening? Yep, you can make your sit down, make your gastro game plan is what we're calling it. <laughs> sit down nice. with a cup of coffee this morning and check out our website, which is localrestaurantweek.com. All the restaurants that are participating can be found there, along with their menus, their hours, their location, a little bit about each restaurant. Life is so busy for people, it seems. And, you know, uh, my husband and I eat out a lot, probably more than we should. And we always like to go out with a particular couple, but it's always busy, it seems. So one of the things when local restaurant week rolls around twice a year in the spring and fall, we have two couples that we always go out with. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the benchmark for us. Okay, we're going to get together with these people. So we've already started scoping out the menus and we're looking at our game plan about where we want to go. And I always like to try new places too. And it's sometimes difficult to, you know, figure out what everybody would be satisfied with. But it's nice to have choices. And if you want to go a little higher, you can do 3019 or 4019, right? Mm -hmm. But not everybody has to do the extra choices. They can stay right. at 2019, for instance. Right, right. It all depends on what works for your style of restaurant. I mean, there's actually a couple of restaurants that offer a 5019, too. Oh. Those are the more white tablecloth, you know, usually the steak and seafood kind of places. Is that the one you're taking me to? Uh, yes, that yeah, is the okay. one I'm taking you to. <laughs> we haven't made our plan yet. We, we I, usually do. We absolutely have to, and we've got to fit you in. Right. And then before we talk to our guests, Krista, is there any charitable aspect to what you do? It's really about the community. And right. to me, it's it's the community itself as a charity. Exactly. In the sense that you're really exposing people and to you, small businesses. You want to know what's funny is the um, our company that actually puts on Local Restaurant Week, we don't even put our name on, on the event or anything because we call it our charity to Buffalo. It's basically it. because we're a locally owned and operated business ourselves. Our customers um, are, are not restaurants, but our customers' customers are restaurants. And let's face it, we like to eat. So we call it our charity to Buffalo. We don't put our name on it. We really 
don't make any money off of it. We just do it because we think it's fun, and we're located downtown kind of on Restaurant Row as well. I love it. I like the fact that you're not looking to tout yourself, and no. I salute you. Um, as much as we kid around, you really do a bang-up job, and uh, it's a lot of work. I, gotta, I love my job. It's a fun one. It's great. Well, we are delighted to have, for the first time on the show, two gentlemen from Misuda Chow, which is located at 521 Main Street in downtown Buffalo. Jason Wood is the beverage director, and Dunbar Burdine, a very familiar name in food circles around here, is the executive chef. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. Hey, Brenda. Hello, hello. Nice to have you guys on board here. And Masuda Chow, Dunbar, tell us what the concept of this is. Well, it's um, basically Japanese street food downstairs and then an arcade upstairs. So it, it's a, you know, an all-around event space. So, Jason, it's much more than just a restaurant. It absolutely is. Uh, it's modeled after a Yokocho alleyway, uh, which is a type of alleyway that you'd find in Japan. So we actually made these building facades to go, go on either side of you, so you kind of feel like you're walking into these uh, open kitchen little eateries that you'd find like down an alleyway in Tokyo. And it's kind of, it gives you that feel of what it's like for folks who probably know their way around Tokyo or the Japanese culture. It's not some big, flashy, you know, kind of place where you would be drawing tourists, for example. Yeah, and This absolutely. sounds like something where the locals might go. Yeah, this is definitely like the alleyways are going to be uh, these open kitchens. Usually on either side of the alleyway, there's going to be multiple kitchens, like 10 or 20 down this alleyway. And then there's only seating for like between five people and 10 people right and then you just keep going in these different spots you grab some dumplings from these guys you grab some you know ramen from another one and then grab a couple drinks too while you're at it so we try to make it as comfortable as possible and the street food aspect of it is like kind of perfect fit you know how does the arcade fit into this well actually um johnny chow wanted originally to um just have a barcade which was kind of a loose term for you know an arcade with liquor and a little bit of food and um just sort of morphed into this so the arcade was actually the original impetus behind the restaurant Mm -hmm. and i see and this is really the first restaurant and bar establishment in buffalo highlighting the uh, 80s pop culture and classic arcade games with a tokyo city themed decor and japanese street food and it's all about the food for me dunbar um i know you're participating in local restaurant week which i think is great i mean you folks only opened uh, about eight months ago last july so what uh, prompted you to join local restaurant week well it's probably because you know we are new and it, you know it's good to get your name out there but also you know it's, it's a good program it, it's you know always fun it gets new people in the door and Krista, you must love hearing about this because you've got a brand new restaurant and a whole new concept that's different. I love it. I mean, I'm no different than everybody else who's going out to eat during local restaurant week. I want to go to the new places. So right. it's fun to always have a new place. It's fun to have a funky place downtown. Um, I love it. And Jason, uh, what are you doing in terms of, I'm going to ask Dunbar about the food, but you handle the beverages there. Are you doing anything with sort of a, a Japanese flavor, if you will? Yeah. So with the uh, restaurant week, we're going to have a choice of either one of our drafts which are a lot of local drafts from a lot of the breweries in town like cbw mm-hmm. um and then uh we'll also be offering a toki highball so toki is a japanese whiskey from Suntory, um, a distillery in japan and we have a special machine that's actually a tap tower that extra chills and extra carbonates the soda water and actually chills the uh, Toki and pour is a perfect pour for you. Are you uh, free to say what exactly goes in it, or is it kind of a hidden? No, no, it's, no? Uh, it's literally just a whiskey soda. A highball, oh, traditional highball is just enough. whiskey soda yeah. with a lemon, and the way that this machine produces it, it's 
just tastes like really refreshing soda water with like this hint of whiskey in the background. It kind of just, I don't know, kind of teases you a little bit. You can kind of, you can put a few of these down. I was going to say, that's got to go down really sure. easily. Don't let yeah. that fool you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beware of what you're drinking. Oh, I, I really want to get into this a little further too, because you know your way around a bar. Absolutely. And we'll talk about some craft cocktails too. Yeah. And Dunbar, we want to talk to you about what you're featuring for local restaurant week. Krista Hobart is with us as well. Dunbar Burdine, Jason Wood from Masuda Chow. Back after this. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. Local Restaurant Week is April 1st through the 7th. Over 200 local independent restaurants dishing up tasty meals all week long. Visit localrestaurantweek.com for details. Local Restaurant Week, it's a festival. Great customer service skills? Get out of retail and get in to GEICO. In 2018, our inside sales associates in the Buffalo office earned an average of $52,300. We're interviewing now to add to our team. Apply at geico.jobs buffalo. If you have news about the latest happenings around the Buffalo Niagara region, contact Brenda during the week at 843-0651. That's 843-0651. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And welcome back to Slice of Life. I hope your Saturday is off to a good start. Thanks to Kevin Carr for pushing all the buttons for us. The K-Carr always driving us in the right direction. Well, we're talking with Krista Hobart, local restaurant week organizer. In two days, you can start chowing down uh, for as little as 2019. Also with us for the first time, Dunbar Burdeen, who is the executive chef, and Jason Wood, beverage director, both at Masuda Chow, which is a new restaurant, relatively new. It's only been open since July at 521 Main Street in the city. And before we get into what you're doing, um, Dunbar, for Local Restaurant Week, we want to talk about a sake tasting that you have going on tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Ah, yeah. Tomorrow it's a four-course tasting. Um, it's uh, four courses of food with four different sakes, and um, it's $60, and uh, it it's you know we've got we've got seats available that sounds like a really fun thing to do on a sunday night and mm-hmm. uh, as you get ready for local restaurant week more details of course at your facebook page yes and it's masuda chow m-i-s-u-t-a and then the word chow c-h-o-w w-s chows chows plural yeah. gotcha thank masuda you masuda for... means mister in japanese so mr chows that makes sense yeah. i like it masuda chows okay now um dumber you're going to tell us what you're featuring for local restaurant week so for local les- restaurant week, we're going to do a, um, a two-course. It's uh, an appetizer, which is either miso soup, edamame, or uh, shishito peppers. Um, and then a second course of um, either of our ramens, a shio ramen or a miso ramen, or a Dunbury bowl with two skewers, which is uh, steamed rice with pickles and uh, a, a, an egg. Oh, that sounds delicious. Now, that's a traditional Japanese rice dish, right? It is. The kushiyakis. Yes. How did you learn your your way around a, a kitchen when it comes to Japanese cuisine? Well, I've been cooking for a long time, and I found that research is the best way to do it. And so I just went to the library and 
read a lot of books. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those nerds that still goes to the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. We he need will, those nerds. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Walk into the restaurant with a bunch of books and <laughs> get the library card out. It could be a whole new, <laughs> it was pretty silly, a whole new genre, Jason. I <laughs> like great. that idea. Where's Dunbar? He's back on the uh, dusty I, shelves yeah, there. I yeah. like it. Dunbar, um, you know, it strikes me when you mentioned, like, for example, the shishuti, shishito peppers. Um, there's such a crossover among cuisines. Wouldn't you say? I mean, obviously, you're focusing on Japanese dishes here, but obviously, you you also see a lot of other foods that you could say are integrated into other types of cuisines. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I mean, cultures are always borrowing from one another. You know, perfect. You yes. know, either an ingredient or you know a cooking technique or you know whatever it is. That, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of that. You know, and especially you know regionally, like you know Japan, although they would never admit it, would borrow from other Asian you know. <laughs> um, countries and you know vice versa do you find it easy to do things like this because of your vast knowledge of uh, of cooking and different types of cuisines as well i think that once you you know understand the basics of of just generally cooking you can pretty much as long as you're you know do your research you can pretty much do whatever you want i have to ask you did you ever think that ramen noodles would become trendy i mean you remember back in the day when we were in college you'd buy it because it was like 79 cents for a meal <laughs> you just put on your little heater and you had a meal now it's become you know, in some cases, uh, sort of the, the signature dish in restaurants. Well, you know, it's actually a, a giant culture in Japan. Like, it's, a you know, aside from the, you know, more strict, regimented, you know, traditional Japanese food, ramen kind of gives chefs a place where they can play a little bit. There's a lot less rules, and you can really kind of go your own way. Yes, yeah, and it's very adaptable, I would imagine, because just perusing your menu this morning, uh, you have all sorts of things, whether it's vegetable or pork or chicken. Um, and it's quite acceptable to slurp, right? Nothing wrong with some slurping. Actually, it's considered a compliment to the That's chef. That's what I understood. Yeah. The more noise you make, the better job I did. They won't allow <laughs> that. They won't allow that in the library, though. You got to be quiet. No, no slurping <laughs> in that library. And speaking of um, experienced uh, folks in the hospitality industry, Jason, you've worked at a, a number of places. What's it like to uh, come up with cocktails, for example, or you know, special drinks at a place like Masudo Chow's? Uh, what's really nice about it, I think, is being able to work with some interesting ingredients that you don't usually get to work with. One of the things that I got to work with, um, Johnny, uh, the owner, and uh, myself went to Tokyo about a year and a half ago to do a little bit of research and development. Uh, That was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But we found a a few different things like shiso leaves uh, or something that's used in a lot of Asian cooking as well. But most of the time you'll find them almost as garnishes too. Or something to make a plate look really nice. It looks just like a really bright colored green leaf. But there's these odd notes of like there's cinnamon, there's star anise, there's clove. There's always really cool things that you can pull from it. Uh, so when you take that and uh, macerate that with uh, you know sugar and water, making a simple syrup out of that, adding a little bit of spice to it, now you have like this really interesting uh flavor profile to your you can add to a cocktail as a sweetener you know and i would imagine it complements the food perfectly absolutely right? you're picking up notes of each yeah so yeah. these flavors that you're finding uh in the cocktails you're actually going to be able to find in the food so when you have these things that pair together it just it's kind of maybe even if you don't like them on their own together they right complete each other like yes. a lot better, you know? yeah absolutely that's fascinating it's really a science in some ways isn't it to cook it's a science to me and an art obviously yeah, I think with, I mean, cocktails and food, when it comes down to it, you're talking proportions and balance. And that's the biggest part of, of my job 
is being able to balance something. You don't want anything too sweet or too tart or too boozy. No matter how much you like alcohol, you don't <laughs> want it too boozy all the time. Right. But when you balance these things out, you end up having something that someone can have 10 Maybe not ten, geez, but you know, <laughs> five, over a week. four or five or six of these things, and it's you know, and it's not going to. I need a glass of water in between each. It's something right. that you want them to just be able to enjoy and be like, that was refreshing. It was exactly what I needed. It doesn't sound like you put things in there just for the heck of it, Jason. In other no. words, it's not like you're just putting a shrub in there or lighting something on fire. <laughs> right. or, you know, well, you do that because stuff, it's like a trendy thing to do. Yeah, you do that stuff, but it's uh, it's the aromatics. It's all the five right. senses as much as you can get them involved. You want it to feel great in your hand. You want it to smell great, mm-hmm. taste great. Look great. Look great. So, I mean, there are things that we'll do that is a garnish. It looks great, but it really serves no purpose. Most of the time, they do serve a purpose, though, you know? Sure. Dunbar, how often do you um, communicate with Jason about what you're doing on a given night, and does it complement one another? Is it something that you have in the back of your mind all the time, or do you guys talk every day? We talk about it all the time. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I help him with his, you know, some of the ingredients for his cocktails, and, you know, he gives me little pieces of insight about, you know, balance, like he said, is very important, you know. And we, we talk all the time. Yeah. Now, you've only been in business at this particular place, Masudo Chow's. Again, it's right on Main Street in Buffalo. Um, what's the reaction been like to the food? And, of course, Jason, I want to ask you the same about the uh, cocktails. I mean, I think that, you know, we, the reaction's been great. I think that although it's, it's not a traditional-looking restaurant, I think people come in and they get very comfortable right away. They figure it out. It's not, like, complicated. And um, I think people are really getting into it so they're not intimidated perhaps by seeing some names that they might not understand or be familiar with like kushiaki bowls perhaps at first mm-hmm. but once they figure out that it's actually pretty simple food right they usually you know I, we have some regulars that yeah. just you know you already have regulars huh mm-hmm. oh absolutely did yeah. you find that to be the case too jason behind the bar that it you know it's people just have to get used to it or perhaps they look forward to trying something different yeah i mean i think that ever since uh like real craft cocktails kind of got brought into Buffalo maybe like seven, eight years ago. Uh, People have been more and more accustomed to it and trying different things. Like if they see an ingredient they don't really know, they're going to ask a question. And, you know, nine times out of ten, that bartender is going to know that answer. Uh, With with Chow's, like I make sure that I train everybody enough to Mm -hmm. answer those questions for people if they're asking questions, especially Japanese whiskey. You don't see it around that often, and it's – it's very hard to get. Uh, yes. Everything is usually pretty allocated, so that right. means that only, like we got one bottle of Yamazaki 18, which is a beautiful, beautiful Japanese whiskey. We're the only place in all of upstate New York. No kidding. Would you drink that straight up or yes. on the rocks? Or Yeah, absolutely. Well, Just in a glass or maybe with one cube. One cube. But yeah, that's the thing. beautiful. I've discovered Yamato whiskey, which I've really fallen in love with. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm a brown spirits kind of girl, mm-hmm. so I love that and bourbons. And, yeah. But I tend to gravitate towards the Yamato now with just one cube. Yeah. What's well, nice if about at all. what's nice about those two is that they they have a lot of characteristics that have to do with like closer to Scotch relations right. because the Japanese love Scotch, um, but they can't call it Scotch because it's not made in Scotland. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's so their, kind of their version. That's of a little catch twenty two for yeah. them. So the J- Japanese whiskey is generally known as something that's going to be a little bit more in the scotch flavor profile. Don Barry, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about how you and Jason actually picked up your toolbox and helped build <laughs> Masudo Chow's. Tell us quickly well, how that all uh, came about. Uh, I mean, you know, um, I had quit my previous job and um, we were supposed to open quite a bit earlier than we actually opened. And uh, 
we had some contractor issues, and um, Jason and I and some other people just went home and got our tools, and we just finished the joint. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. You guys are really versatile, wouldn't you say, Krista? I love it. I yeah. think it's great. Behind the bar, behind the uh, the, the stove. That kind uh, of yeah. stuff doesn't bus. happen at a, at a chain restaurant. I mean, this, again, it, it, it is like to what's, what's really cool about local restaurants. People get – they take pride in the restaurant, you know. They, exactly. They own yeah. part of it. They, they, they are building things themselves and adding their own flair to it. It's not – nothing is a cookie cutter. And and we're and we're and always uh, also supporting, like, all these local craft – craftsmen in town too like hey we need chairs made let's not buy chairs from somewhere Mm -hmm. let's have someone make you know make our chairs our tables right the countertops there's so many great craftsmen and women in this area so it's a restaurant that's really non-conventional but there's also an arcade as well Mm -hmm. how would you describe the arcade yeah the arcade is i mean when i'm uh 39 when i was growing up like i would go to arcades in these 1970s or not 70s the 80s 90s games that were uh these arcades that's what we have is about 15 cabinet games so pac-man and donkey kong galaga um we have uh five different pinball machines uh, a couple skee ball like old old school skee ball tables Uh, and that's crystal beach yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so the idea is just to have these like games like that just so we can uh we bring in kids can be there in the afternoons, you know, until like later on at night, like around ten. But so you can eat and then play or yeah, whatever, sure. however People you want to do kids. it. Yeah, yeah. And it Come. really is suitable for any age at this point, I would imagine, right? I mean, Absolutely. you don't want little kids running around at night. But. Well, we have people that are, you know, my age or older that are coming in, going, "I remember this when I was a kid, and sure. this is what I used to do. I used to play this game." And they'd go up there, and we have a high score list. So oh my people gosh. try to get up on that. I can't wait to come down to your place. It's yeah. uh, it's Masuda Chow's, which is located right on Main Street. What's the side street? You're at 521 Main, but what side street are you near? Uh, you can actually get to us from the back, which is Washington and Mohawk. Okay. Yep. Uh, there's a big all-pro parking lot there you can get in through the back door. There's a huge mural with two dragons on it. Uh, <laughs> that or, would be the first clue that you've yeah. arrived, right? <laughs> or I love the front it. Uh, is on right on Main Street there. In Wonderful. between Huron and um, Mohawk. Mohawk. Yeah. Right, right in the business district. Yep. Easy enough. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been enlightening. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Brent. My pleasure. Jason Wood, Dunbar Brudine, and my good pal, Krista Hobart, Local Restaurant Week. Krista, can Congrats on another fine job. Thank you. Excited to kick it off tomorrow. We'll see you with uh, fork in hand. We're going to go get forked. We will. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.